This is a Bulldog Radio podcast. Perfect. Season 3, episode 38 of the MVSP. We're back in the studio this lovely Thursday morning. Well, it's almost noon. It's 11.20. I kind of woke up a little bit late. But Brandon, you were rocking the shorts today coming back from uh, workouts today. Of course you pointed that out. Got a great weekend of Fair State Sports coming up, as well as some more things going on in the sports world. But Brandon, you guys got a lot of stuff going on for uh, track and field. Basketball's got something going on. Ice hockey's got something going on. Tennis has got something going on. So it's going to be a good weekend. Busy as a bee. And by the way, I just came from Lyft, so I was too lazy to put my sweatpants back on. But I was wearing but it's sweat- so cold, dude. Yeah, what's the technical temperature right now? It's I actually don't something. even, don't even look tell, me, don't even tell me. I don't even want, I don't want to know. But anyway, I'm crazy, and that's all we learned on this episode. But lots of sports in, and we'll get into 16 the... 16 degrees, and you're rocking. You're short shorts, too. These aren't like the down to your knees. You got like... Seven inch... Seven inch inseams. shorts. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I'm technical. How are you doing that? Hey, I'm just, I'm just. Bro, I was rocking mins while I was walking in here. I saw that. Hey, I'm just built different. That's I all. Guess so. That's all we know. Anyway, Fair State Sports Report. We jibber jabber too long on this show. Uh, first off, on the hardwood, Lake State is in town tonight. If you're listening to this episode as you air, hey, you are awesome. And don't forget to subscribe on whatever podcast platform you're on. But tonight, 7 7.30 on Thursday, January 20th. Both women's and men's will be taking on the Lakers of not Grand Valley, uh, Lake Superior State. It's at home. Tickets are still available, and you can purchase them as it is. But looking at both these games, I mean, very winnable games, both sides, Lake State. Middle-of-the-road team. They have pulled some surprises, like their men beat Saginaw this year, who is a very, very formidable team. And um, I think you definitely look at this, these games as winnable, but Lake State can get a little... Pesty is the word that kind of comes to mind. Like I think so. They're like the thorn in our sides yes, a little bit. They're yes. a team where like it, you can very easily look over them into a fact where like, you're not going to really think of them as much of a threat. But that's the same thing we did in 2018 when we had the 38-1 yep. season. And guess who our one loss was to? Lake Superior State. Lake Superior State. And, I mean, that's happened before. I think last year we lost one of them uh, in the season to them. So they're a good team, and they got good players. And, yeah, they might be middle of the road, but... You know, coming into Wink, Wink Arena, it's not going to be a guaranteed win. And I think the guys know that. I mean, we're talking to Isaac, who's been on the show before. He's a team manager. That's kind of the approach this week for the team is stay hot, stay ready, stay focused. This team might not be as good as the other teams. They might not be as good as Grand Valley. I mean, they lost to Grand Valley, I think it was by 30 or so. But, you know, Lake Superior State, they can bounce back with the best of them. So if they can kind of stay stay focused, I think we'll be able to do good. Yeah, I mean, just being able to take care of the basketball and let our offense do what it do because, I mean, we're one of the best shooting teams in Division Two, and when we're hot, we're hot. And we've seen, we've seen just in insurmountable numbers in the scoring column, triple digits multiple times. I know we mentioned um, last, or I think it was last episode, Joe mentioned the 112-point average over, like, the last 10, which is 
bonkers. But anyway, uh, I mean, looking at the scouting report for Lake Superior State, uh, Malik Adams is definitely going to be one to watch. He's their one of their best scorers. He's a redshirt senior. He's coming mm-hmm. back for his final fifth year. One player and, of the week two weeks ago. Yes, he's a very good scorer. He's a elite scorer, and we're going to have to make sure he's locked down or he could, because he was really one of the big reasons why they got us last year was because he really got hot later, I believe, in the second half in that game, if I remember correctly, but yeah. that was also a long time ago. But uh, Justin Fisher, also a really good team, uh, really good player for them. David Wren, um, a lot of those guys have really made together a pretty solid team because, I mean, they don't necessarily have the resources up north compared to some of the teams down here, but, I mean, they still put out some quality teams, and, I mean, they're certainly, like we mentioned, they're not going to be one we can overlook because, yeah. I mean, that's when we'll get bit in the butt. Yeah, for sure. But, I mean, we got the reigning North Division Player of the Week, Dorian Louis, coming off a great game, as well as Walt Kelzer, who is the best player in the league. I keep cannot tell me otherwise. And we got Logan Ryan, Vejas Cruzos, all these guys who can take over games pretty easily. So, and I said, I'm excited. I'll be a little bit late to the girls' game today because I got class, unfortunate. But, Ooh. you know, I'm already going to be ready, raring to go on those stat sheets. And uh, I think I'm live tweeting today, too. So check that out. That'll ah. be me. That'll be me. Hey. I'll be shooting out the tweets today. Well done. But speaking of the women's game, they'll be in action as well. Um, 5.30 tip-off time. Men's game is at 7.30. Forgot to mention that. Um, but, I mean, that's another winnable game. I believe Lake Superior State is the 7th or 6th in the table right now mm-hmm. in the conference. So, very similar to the men's side. Um, but I think this is also a very good game for us. I mean, coming off the Davenport win, that was obviously a nice bounce back after the dreadful loss to GV. But we'll get at them again when we'll be at our home t- or we're on our home floor this time. But I, it'll be interesting to see how Lake State plays because... They've been a team that have been paused for a long time. Really, I, I believe since Jan, like the beginning of January, they've now postponed four yeah. games. And this, yeah, they yeah. postponed Saginaw, Wayne State, Davenport, and Grand Valley. Yes, so, according to my kindergarten counting skills, that would be four <laughs> games they have missed due to COVID. And, and not to mention, those are two of those teams are really good. Mm-hmm. Like, and those are two tests to really better yourselves especially against grand valley and saginaw valley state is who i'm talking about and then when you go to play us it's like wow we've been sitting for four for two weeks four games that we haven't been playing it's gonna be tough especially when you come i mean last team you played was southern new hampshire and like you haven't played a gliac opponent in five weeks mm-hmm. almost a month and a half so when you go into those games it's like now you're on the road too so it's gonna be a tough test for them but I mean, it's going to be a tough test for us, too, especially coming off the Davenport win. So Yeah, it'll be interesting. I mean, this team is not going to be the – they're not going to shoot, try to shoot the lights out. They're going to try to control the tempo. They're going to try to play their way, play slow, or play with more quality over quantity. So that's going to be something to watch to see how Coach Westendorp and then, uh, our, our team really changes on the fly, being able to adjust – um, being very versatile in the game plan. I'm sure we've been planning for this one for a long time, so I'm not worried about it. It's going to be a fun night. Make sure that you get your tickets now and come support the dogs mm-hmm. to hopefully two wins. Tonight. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully a full sweep. But do we want to hear some other teams who are playing around the league yes, tonight? Yes, let's hear the schedule. So also, all these games are going to be at 7.30 or later. So 7.30 at SDC Gymnasium up in Houghton. I always say Houghton. 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 I always got to get that How do you Grand say Valley home? is traveling up to Michigan Tech to take them on, so that's going to be a good game uh, for the men's side. Uh, and then Davenport is going to be traveling to Northern Michigan all the way up in the UP as well. Uh, that's going to be at 745. And then at 8 o'clock, Saginaw Valley is traveling to Purdue Northwest. And then Parkside is hosting Wayne State 
at 8.30. So that's going to be a pretty good one. And then on the women's side, if we want to go on to that one, Davenport as well, same thing. They're going to be at Northern Michigan, 5.30. Basically, all their, they're going to be at the same spots, just different times, and Grand Valley, Michigan Tech, and so on and so forth. Saginaw Valley, Purdue Northwest, Wayne State, and Parkside. Yeah, Grand Valley, Michigan Tech. That's, that's going to be a, be a fun game. game. I'm that's really going to be a big one. That's a huge game, but... I mean, going to be fun. I'm really looking forward to seeing how the standings um, will be changed after this game. Because, I mean, there you look at both sides as far as the, the standings for both women's and men's. I mean, there's a lot of teams that could flip up and move up a couple spots just based on this weekend. Yeah, for sure. I mean, there's teams like Lake State for the men's side who's just above 500. If they lose this weekend and lose Monday, uh, they could very well slip down and maybe move down a couple spots. I mean... We can really kind of solidify on the men's side at least a spot that's even farther. Number one, Grand Valley has a great chance for a bounce back against Michigan Tech, who is near the top for the men's side. I mean, even the women's too. Uh, the women's side for Grand Valley, they're number one, but Michigan Tech is pretty close behind them. I'm pretty sure. I haven't checked the standings in things since a couple days ago but I mean there's some very good teams and some very uh, good matchups that are going to be happening this week that could really shake up the table for the GLIAC standings especially kind of now that we're getting into those uh, second time where you're seeing all these teams so I mean if these teams can kind of stand tall especially like Davenport and Northern Michigan who I'm pretty sure are both near the bottom for the women's side those could make maybe add some late season runs for them to kind of move up the table a little bit so very excited for this week of GLIAC play. Yeah, and I mean, it's unfortunate, especially when you see teams like uh, Lake Superior State. I mean, the women have only been able to play six total games so far yeah. this year, and Davenport has only played three. So that that's just a really or a really tough avenue. Sarona. Yeah, it's just it's just a bummer. But I mean, you have to you have to imagine like I mean, the fact of it is is you're like it's just hard to like get over an outbreak and it's just unfortunate the times where teams just have to take a long pause because that can that can really like mess up the momentum of the season basically and it's just it's just a really tough thing to get through but um we hope everybody's feeling well and that all these teams can get back to competition very very soon but moving on over the track and field team will be in the university center of michigan that is where saginaw valley state university's campus is the doug hansen and open should be a good one it's a friday meet so it's a little bit different than a saturday just based on everything's going to be pushed back a little later Mm -hmm. but i personally like friday meets because then you i mean you have the the whole prep for the week to get on for friday and it's more of a weekend recover yeah you get the whole weekend it's kind of a nice thing and plus i like racing that later anyway what events are you running brandon well, I will not be running in this meet this weekend. Ah, uh, not yet. Curses. Hey. It's the injury. February. Mark it down. February. February is the, February is the target is comeback date. season. Yeah, comeback season for the final three. It's is Brandon Ward's so. season, baby. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay, calm down. Um, anyway, uh, there's going to be a lot of good teams there. Um, we haven't saw the full list of teams and heat sheets and um, all the, the schedules just yet. But, I mean, there's I've been in the past. I know, like, Madonna has been there. Sienna Heights has been there. Saginaw will probably have some people there. You know, it's kind of inevitable because they're hosting. Uh, but maybe you might see teams like Wayne State, Eastern. That might that might come back after um, they came in 2020, just based on what their schedule is like. Uh, Olivet, some teams like those, those ones will be there. So be really interested to see who comes to this meet. And, and I mean, it should be pretty fast either way. There's going to be some pretty quick teams and individuals there, not only as part of official teams, but there's a lot of quick club um, runners as well from other various schools. I know we had U of M. 
I think we had U of M's club team that came to a tune-up meet one year to Saginaw. So you never know. There might be some outliers. So it's going to be really interesting. But I know the schedule, um, if you want to follow online, I know is up on Saginaw's website. As of now, I believe field events start at 2 o'clock, 2.30-ish. Um, and then running events start at 4 o'clock. And then we'll probably run down for my honest guess, to somewhere around 8 or 9 o'clock. So, going to be a little bit of a long one, but, hey, it's a Friday. Going to have the whole weekend, so it should be pretty fun. Yeah, sounds like a good time. Hopefully, everybody can run pretty fast and stay healthy, stay stay solid. So, I'm excited to hear what happens next week on the show, and especially from you. So, good luck to all our runners. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be interesting. We had a lot of good performances last week. Can't wait to see the improvements for this week. But moving on over to the ice, the men's hockey team has traveled to Minnesota to Bemidji State. They will be taken on a really good team. I won't lie. <laughs> yeah. I won't lie. They're a really good team. I was going to say I was going to say a very <laughs> I want to say we can pull exact off a opposite, miracle. Exact opposite of us. We're 5-11 in the CCHA. They're 11-5. and five. They have played a lot tougher teams in the beginning of the year, which is North Dakota, UMD, I think another good team. I think they played St. Cloud as well. But, mm-hmm. I mean, like they're just a very well-polished team. We've seen them basically historically just be good. All those Minnesota college teams that are D1 are just very polished, mainly because they can, you know, as kids they can play like – um, like two or three more months outdoors more than us. You know, it's a lot more accessible. But, you know, it's going to be tough because, especially going over there, especially with our bus getting stuck on the way over there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Harrison was having a heyday with that on the old <laughs> Ferris Hockey Instagram. But, uh, you know, especially with it's going to be a tough bout for us, especially coming off the loss against St. Thomas, which we shouldn't have had. But if we're able to get one or if it happens to sweep, that's going to be great for us coming into the next week, especially returning home because we're playing Bowling Green, which if you remember that, won 6-3 the first game, but then lost second game. So good bounce back opportunity. But CC, or but Bemidji, one of the top teams in the CCHA, only two games behind Minnesota State. So you know it's going to be a tough one. Yeah, the Beavers are a very good team. And the fact Beavers. of it is they're like a team that – can surprise any team. I mean, I've been, I'll be honest, like, I won't, I wouldn't consider them like the surprise of the year being near the top. I definitely say, like, Northern pulling out some of the wins that they mm-hmm. have has been a huge surprise. But hey, we've had some surprises too. But I mean, you look at Bemidji, they've always been pretty solid. And I mean, last or last year, they were, they were pretty high up in the tables when we played them back home. And if I remember correctly, I think we got them in overtime last year at home. So we have done it before, and obviously, yeah, I can mention, yeah, we beat Minnesota State. We beat anybody. Did we win them in overtime? Was that our first one win? Uh, no, it was. T- I don't think it was a technical win because of like the 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 how many points that you get based off of the win. But I think it's registered in the schedule as a tie in the archives. But we technically, I think beat them to get the extra point for the standings but so anyway i mean i know the game went to overtime so that tells you enough that we have been able to play with this team i'm not necessarily saying that it's going to be a guaranteed 7-0 sweep both ways i'll not say that because i think we both know that that might sound a little out there but at the end of the day we just want to see this team really stand out and play a good game because or excuse me two good games not just one Two good games because we've had that ability to play a very good hockey game. But the problem is, in D1 college hockey, you have to play two 
good games yeah. to take a series. So we just haven't been able to do that yet, and we just we're just due for a we're due for we're a back to back good performance. Yeah, a back to back good one. And what I want what a way to do it against Bemidji State, especially we'll be able to send a message, get two wins, hop up there in the old CCHA standings. I mean, we're only two games behind Lake State or two wins at least, same losses. But if we're able to you know steal that, and then when we play them later on, we'll be fine. We're Really, two wins against Northern. They're seven, eight, and one. We're five and eleven. So able to get the sweep. We're going to be able to bounce up a couple spaces in the old CCHA standing. So hopefully, we'll be able to do something. But should we see? Or do you want to hear other teams that are going on in the CCHA? Yes. What is the CCHA schedule? St. Thomas is trying to keep the win rolling against us against the Minnesota State Mavericks. Not sure if that's going to be able to happen, <laughs> especially since they're you know. The, one of the best teams in the nation right now. Yeah. Hate to see it for them. Uh, but they're at St. Thomas, so we'll see how that goes for them. The old rivalry up north battle for the Upper Peninsula. Michigan Tech is going to be at Northern Michigan. We'll see what goes on there. I'm not sure. I think Michigan took Michigan Tech took it when they played at the MAC, but I'm not sure if they'll be able to win in Marquette, especially since they're kind of middle of the table as well. The a mouthful here, the United States of America National Team Development Program is taking on the Lakers of Lake Superior State at Sault Ste. Marie. So that'll be a pretty good one. And those are all on Friday, except for Thursday, which is happening for Minnesota State and St. Thomas. And then Saturday is when everybody else is going to be playing. Yeah, so there you go. There's all of the hockey coverage. Every All the audio and video is available on the website under the Hockey tab. Mm-hmm. And under the multimedia tab as well, if you want to yeah. listen live on 97.3 or watch on Flow Hockey Listen to Harrison TV. Watt call a great game. Yeah, and Scott Kendra. Oh, Scott oh, there's Kendra. Two. Yeah, yeah. There's Scott, two. Scott Kendra, too. My bad. Okay. Yeah. I know we've had Harrison on the show, but there's yeah. two. Well, that's what I'm saying. People recognize Harrison. They'll probably recognize his voice. Yeah, that is true. He's been there a long time. Uh, anyway, final bit of the Ferris State Sports Report. We have tennis once again. This time, the women's team will be traveling to Western Michigan to take on the Broncos in an exhibition that I believe is registered for Sunday, if I read that correctly, at 11 a.m. So the men's team went last week. Now it'll be the women's turn. And, I mean, this is a, a very good opportunity for the women's team. I mean, defending GLIAC champs, I mean, way to start off against a really good team. See where you're at, especially going into the schedule starting up in February. Yeah, it'll be a good chance for them to really get going, especially with their new season coming up. And if they're able to kind of sneak away this win and get something, then we'll be able to, because they got GLIAC champs last year, right? Uh, Yes, both yeah. teams did. Repeat? Repeat season for both teams? Clean back sweep? to back ring season? Who knows, man? Oh, I love the sound of that. Love the talk of it. Mm, bling, bling. Get the ring. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Yeah, that wasn't awkward at all. Wow. Okay. I was just trying to be funny, yeah, man. It was, it was funny. It was okay, funny. All right, all it was a good right. time. It was very corny, though. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. It's not it a was. farmer's joke. Anyway. Well, anyway, thanks for listening in to the Ferris State Sports Report. When we come back, the MB3 is back. Joe and I are going to get heated. Don't go anywhere. Welcome back. Second half starting off in the pro sports world. We are now looking at the NFL postseason down to eight. Going to be a great divisional round of football. I'm really looking forward to it, Joe. We're going to get into our picks this week. And hey, I mean, you can, like Deion Sanders says, don't bet on my picks. But if you bet on my picks, you'll do it. You did pretty good last <laughs> week. I mean, I was 6 0. Joe was 5 1. So 
Hopefully yeah. we keep that success maybe we, rolling. Maybe we keep it 4 and 0. Who knows how it's going to be, but hopefully we can have a little bit of a disagreement and get ourselves rolling here. But if you want to start with the first one, Bengals and Titans, I think the Titans got to be one of the most overrated teams this year. Oh. I think Bengals are going to take this one. All right. You're riding with, you're riding with Joe. I mean, he's, he's I mean, I, yeah, I'm, yeah. I don't know cuz like they didn't uh, Derrick Henry might be back, so I'll give him that. But Derrick Henry off of injury, I don't think it's going to be enough for them to about, propel them past the Bengals. Joe Burrow just been really good, really solid lately. He has Jamar Chase. He has guys around him who can really do well. I mean, it's Bengals' first playoff win in 31 years, so you know that they're going to roll it. It's not just going to come in one. It's going to come in twos. I don't think they're going to make it past this after this round. I don't think they're going to win against Titans, but I don't think they're going to make it past the round after that. But I think the Titans got to be the most overrated team. If When they don't have Derrick Henry, they're nothing. Ah, not so fast. But Derrick Henry is cleared to return. He cleared contact. All right, off of, in off of injury. Off of injury. We'll see what happens. Yeah, in practice. Nobody's hitting him hard. Uh, I, he was a contact practice, though. That's, that's the thing. In a contact practice, nobody's hitting like as hard as you would. Like, yeah, but you're not going to beat up your own team. Sure, but it's Derrick Henry. That's all. That's that's my point. Is it's Derrick Henry. He's he's ready to take on anybody, regardless if he how much rest he's had. But my argument, the Titans, since 2018 under Mike Vrabel, they know how to prepare for teams at with a week's rest. They're an eight and zero in games where they've had over nine days of rest on a bye. They they're one of the best teams coming off of that break time, and they make up some of the best game plans, and they've played some of the best football during then. So I'm gonna roll with the Titans. I know the records definitely don't approve my pick. They more approve Joe's, and as the Bengals won last year, but it could be revenge season. I want to see the Titans defense step up, and I want Derrick Henry to show the world why he is the best running back. In the NFL, I'm going to go with Titans. Um, I'm going to say, I don't know if we're doing score, I'll say Titans by seven. I'm going to say Bengals by seven, and it's going to be a sort of high scoring, but it's going to be 21 to 14. Oh, okay. We're doing actual scores. All right. Uh, give me 30 to 23. I think, I think defense is slow. All right. I think Bale's going to take this one. All right. I don't think, I don't know. I Derek Henry's good, but I just have a feeling about this one. And also, Titans, I think. Because if he's not when they're he's not around them. Because if they had to play the first round, if they didn't get the bye, they would not be here. Yeah, I don't think so. They would not have been able to perform that well against a playoff team that well. I mean, yeah, it would be kind of one of the lower ones, but a playoff team is a playoff team, so they wouldn't be able to beat them. I don't think. Hey, you never know though. You never know. Might just it might just be the way that this whole journey was supposed to be. You never know. Who knows? They might have got the bye for a reason, so we could have Derrick Henry back, so they could win the Super Bowl. Who knows? We'll find out though. The uh, second game: San Francisco, nice upset pick, Joe, and Green Bay. Yes, sir. This is a toughie. Uh, I think right now the odds are shaping to Green Bay as they beat this team back in September. And I would want to say that this is Aaron Rodgers' Super Bowl from the media side and from the public of football fans see our eyes that this is his to lose. Yeah. So Green Bay looks really good. Uh, I think they're going to have just enough to beat the 49ers and send Garoppolo and Shanahan home. I do think they're going to make it closer than people realize. I'm going to take Green Bay by 4, 35-31. I'm hopping on the train with you. I don't. I think it's gonna be a little bit more of a, not. I want to say a blowout, but there's gonna be more of a of a separation between the two teams. I'm gonna take Green Bay, probably thirty to like 
17, something okay. like that. It's probably I don't think San Francisco is going to crack the 20 mark. But then again, I mean, Jimmy G could pop off and throw for a crazy game and have like three or four touchdowns. So who knows what's going to happen? But I think Green Bay is going to take it, especially in Lambeau. It's going to be cold. Uh, I don't know if these San Fran boys are going to be able to be be ready for it, be good with it. But Lambeau, especially playoff Lambeau, playoff Aaron Rodgers, yeah, and that's going to be a tough one to be. I think it's going to be crazy. I mean, you got tickets as low as one hundred seventeen dollars. That's just a week's wages. You can afford, like, there's going to be so many people at that game. It's going to be all cheese heads. It's going to be all all green and yellow. And Lambeau Field is going to be crazy. Absolutely. Next game, the Rams and the Buccaneers in Tampa Bay. This one's going to be tough. You always got, you're, you're on the fence for this one. I, <laughs> I know. I can I just want, tell you're I so want tense the, right now. I'm conflicted inside. My heart is just being torn two ways because I like Tom Brady, but I'm also a Matt Stafford guy. And I want people to understand because there's so many people, dude. When he won the when he won the playoff game, he's like, Matt Stafford joins an elite group, like, and the the guy named like a whole bunch of like mid tier quarterbacks who have won a playoff game. And I was like, bro, like, you're that just is a terrible argument because you could have a bad quarterback but a great team around him. The Rams have a great quarterback and a great team around him. However, Tampa Bay on the other side has the greatest of all time and just great people all around. So that's gonna be a tough thing. I don't know if Los Angeles is going to lose two times in the season to them because it was, what, 34-24, I think, when they lost yep. uh, earlier on in the season. It's going to be in Tampa. but I mean, it's not going to be terrible weather or anything, so Los Angeles will be able to fix that up. But, like, I don't know. It's going to be – I want the Rams to win. I really do. But them. I don't think they will. What? You're going against your guy. I know. Aww. Tampa's going to win. It's going to be close. It's going to be within seven. I think it's going to be, like – it's going to be, if OBJ pops off and if Cooper Cup pops off, they got a chance. But it's going to be like 30, I'll say 35 to 20, 30. 35-30? 30. 35-30 Tampa. Okay. All right. This is very interesting because I was a very, I was truly expecting you to go with Tickets as low as $142, though, so you guys can go. <laughs> if you want to shell out money for the plane ticket, you can get down there for cheap. Yeah, hop on a flight. Get you, get you get you moving on. Yes, sir. Yeah, you're gonna have to what go. What you got, Brandon? What you got? Fast and hurry. Well, I'm torn now because, of course, this is a competitive game and we want to beat each other. So I was fully expecting you to go with the Rams. I could go the risk it for the biscuit pick here, but I think I am also going to go with my original gut. And I think I think Tampa gets revenge. I just don't want to bet against Tom Brady and be wrong and look like an idiot. So I'm not going to do that. I'm going to take Tampa. I think this game might be a little bit lower as far as scoring-wise than maybe the San Fran Green Bay game is, even though it theoretically and on paper should be the other way around. But I just got a weird feeling about it. So I'm going to go the I'm going to go the Buccaneers. I'm going to go. I want to I'm going to say like 27-24. I think it's pretty good. It might just be a weird low scoring game, but I really like what the Buccaneers defense has shown. I know they're like statistically 13th. Yeah, they're better than 13th. Yeah. Way better than 13th. Tom Brady will definitely be able to pick apart the defense a lot better than Kyler Murray is. And like his offensive line, I think, is going to be able to hold him down a little bit better than what Arizona was able to do because, I mean, every single snap, Kyler was just pushed out of the pocket. But I think with. Tom Brady being a pocket specialist, he's going to be able to get the offensive line to do what he wants them to do, and he's going to get time. I mean, he might get rushed a couple times, but when Tom Brady's rushed, he doesn't make mistakes often. However, let it be known, I'm rooting for the Rams. I want them to win, but as a statistical analysis, I think Tampa Bay is going to win. Mainly reason, Tom Brady's been here before. He's got the people around him. 
Los Angeles offense is really good, and their defense is really good. I don't know. I'm conflicted. I literally don't know. Did you? I'm even second guessing myself right now. Did you pull out the Motown clause for when we pick with the Lions for Matt Stafford for the Rams? Is that is that what we're getting at here? What's the Motown clause? Well, I mean, you always have to pick the Lions, even though you win or you even though you know they might not win. Do you just have to pick out, them. Do we pull out the Motown clause? For I don't one? know. Is that a honorary r- Motown? I don't know. I don't know. I'm so. I literally don't know what to. I'm gonna stick with Tampa Bay, but I'm rooting for Los Angeles. Okay, there you go. Uh, final game: Buffalo, Kansas City, Sunday night, six thirty. Man, this one's cheap. Tickets as low as a hundred dollars. <laughs> Quick buck on it. Bucks. All right. Is there a reason that we can say Bills get past Kansas City? I don't know, man. This is going to be a tough one to choose, especially it being in Kansas City because, I mean, when, when their playoff teams are, or when it's playoffs and they got the home crowd, it's almost impossible to beat them. So I, I'm going to go Kansas City. I think it's going to be a little bit more – I think it's going to be low scoring, to be honest. I think it's going to be like a 14-10 or like a – or like a like – a, maybe even like a 21-14 type thing. It's not going to be super high scoring. I'm going to go 14-10 Kansas City. No, oh, that is really low. Okay, um, I would w- I would definitely say you look at this game. Kansas City is the favorite. I mean, the Buffalo beat them thirty eight twenty last time at Arrowhead. There's no reason why that they shouldn't be able to bounce back in this one. Mm-hmm. So, I'm going against everything that makes sense. Give me the folding table. Give me the step. I'm jumping through the folding table. Give <laughs> me the Buffalo Bills to beat oh, Kansas City. Twice in the same year at Arrowhead. I know it sounds crazy. This will be Sean McDermott's first road win in the postseason. And they will be in a date potentially with the Titans, which I think gets them a chance to the Super Bowl. Oh, my. My goodness. I'm excited. Give me the Bills. Bills Mafia at the Super Bowl, bro? That would be insane. Oh, my goodness. What a game that would be. I personally... Okay, so I've told people this. I would personally... My my ultimate dream of this season would be be to see Buffalo and Green Bay play in Denver at, like, negative 20-degree temperatures. I want Ice Bowl 2. That's what I want. Ice Bowl 2. But I don't think it's going to happen, but... Anyway, I'm still rooting for it, and regardless that the Super Bowl is not going to be held in Denver and it's going to be held in Vegas. Yeah. Uh, or, sorry, in L.A. Um, but I'm going with the Bills. I know I'm crazy, but, hey, if I get it right, I'm going to look like a champion. Plus, i got to take one upset at least. Well, I always got to take the upset. So I am taking the Bills. So those are our picks. For the games, we've brought back another special segment here. We've done it before. You guys seem to have liked it, so we brought it back here in 22. It is courtesy of the Pickenham Builder Squad. If you don't follow them on Instagram, you should because these are really cool. Critical thinking skills. I know they came out with the, like, be the GM for this team. I think those are sweet. Like, you have to, you can picture yourself as a general manager. Really fun account you can follow. Um, we are going to be doing a rookie grid. Build your squad with $8. And there are 12 players on this list. Four of them, each for a specific dollar amount, $3, $2, or $1. You have to pick a quarterback, a running back, and two receivers. So, the quarterbacks, $3, Mac Jones, $2, Justin Fields, $1, Davis Mills. Reminder, these are all rookies. Mm-hmm. $3 running back, Najee Harris, 
two, Elijah Moore, one, Chubba Hubbard. And then the wide receivers for $3, Jamar Chase, Jalen Waddle, $2, Amon Ross St. Brown, Devontae Smith, $1, Ronnell Moore, Josh Palmer. Okay. So those are those are the grids. Here's what we got. Um, we're going to go across the row here, starting with QBs. You can go first, Brandon. I'm going first. Okay. Based off of, and I'm a, I mean, obviously, this is not going to be factoring coaching, right? This is going to be off of strictly ability. So. Strictly abilities. Yes. So I'm going to take Fields for $2. Mm. I feel okay with that. I, I would like Mac Jones, but I personally like a couple other players on this list for $3 that I will show you in just a second. But I'm going to take Fields. I think he's been very held back in Chicago. I think they need a new offensive mind in there mm-hmm. to help fix the scheme, and they're certainly on their way to do that. And I think that's the right move for Chicago, especially moving forward. And I think Fields can be a much better quarterback if he's got the right tutelage at the home. So I'm going to take Fields for $2. That's true because he is honestly, I think Matt Nagy held him back. And I think like Matt Nagy had a problem with accountability. I think like he was very quick to like take credit for a win and take credit for like the good stuff like when he didn't really do much. But he was very quick to put the blame on somebody else. Yeah. And I think when he made choices of putting Fields in spots where like it's rookie quarterback, <clears throat> excuse me, rookie quarterback, and he's not going to be able to win those games. He's playing against like these incredible teams who are – <coughs> Excuse me, I got some in my throat. Oh, Jeez. Oh. <coughs> it's not COVID. I no, swear, I just had some in my throat. Get out of my get out of the studio. Regardless, right now. so I don't think that Matt Nagy and Justin Fields' relationship was the best. I'm not going to go with Fields. I'm going to go with Mac Jones because I, I like that. how I honestly thought you were going to go with Mac Jones, and I was thinking about like, oh, I could make a case for Justin Fields, but now that you gave me this chance, I'm going to take Mac Jones. Obviously, Merry Christmas. I think he's a guy who I mean, we've seen him in. In college, he was a leader. He was able to get that team going. And now we've seen him in the NFL. Of course, we're taking out coaching, so the Bill Belichick relationship doesn't really matter. But him being able to, I think, really mold into a leader just anywhere that he goes and to be able to just be that guy that's able to, you know, play well every time and really be consistent, I think is great. And for him to make the right choice most of the time, he's very good. And his QBR is pretty high uh, for rookie, and he's just doing really good. So I'm going to take him because I think – Whoever I put around him, he's going to be able to find. He's going to be able to lead, and he's going to be able to really make the team better. All right, so there we go. Um, I My next selection here in the running back department, I'm really tempted to I, – I really kind of want to go in the direction of I like, real, I like Najee Harris for $3 a lot, but I think based off of my gut here – I'm going to go with Elijah Mitchell, and he, I here's why. I love what Najee Harris brings, and I certainly want to put him on this team. I'm just thinking more overall. If I'm building a team that needs a, a better scheme, I really want a more speed. So I want Mitchell over Harris, especially in my preference of team where I want to do more uh, outside stretch, toss, zone reads, jet spread, that mm-hmm. type of stuff. So that's because that's my squad, obviously. My squad is not Joe's squad. So I'm going to take Mitchell. I think he's been very underrated, and obviously he's been bouncing in and out of lineup due to the injuries to some of them. But when he has been in there, he has been electric. I really love what I see. As much as I love Najee Harris, I like Mitchell's value for $2 more for the receiver, potentially at $3, that I'll mm-hmm. say in just a second. Whoa. Joe, you're next pick. You know, I went expensive the first one. I got to go cheap here. I'm going to go with Chubba Hubbard, mainly for the reason that I think he did really good with the circumstances that he had to go for. 
I mean, Christian McCaffrey goes down. He has to step up. Five TDs, not too bad. He's you know he did what he needed to do when he came in. Uh, Six hundred twelve yards total. He's able to do the job and get it done. I mean, three yards average or three point six yards average too. So you know that when the ball is given to him on first, second, or third down, he can get some solid yards to be taken out and maybe give you a better situation in those times. So when I have to put it on the ground, I'm going to take Chuba Hubbard. Not the best option out there, but I think he's the right option for my team to be able to pair well for the guys I'm about to pick as well as go with Mac Jones and have that running back quarterback relationship. So Chuba Hubbard. Not the best guy available right now. However, I think he's the best guy for my scheme. Okay, there you go. Uh, So finishing out the receivers. uh, So my team with Fields and Mitchell. um, I really like the the speed ability, and I like Justin Fields' ability to throw the ball downfield. So I need a downfield target. And who has been better than that this season than the man, the myth, the legend that we thought could not catch a football as an NFL wide receiver? I'm going to take Jamar Chase, and I'm going to put him there. And that's definitely a position that I would look at as far as I need a big play, and that's certainly a guy that I would go with in that direction. And, I mean, he can do it all. He's a good route runner. We've seen what he's been able to do with Joe Burrow this year. So I really like his versatility as well as his big playmaking ability down the field. And I want to use Justin Fields' arm like he used at Ohio State, unlike whatever in the world they were doing in Chicago. But I'm going to take Jamar Chase with my first receiver. We're going to just do both receivers or are we going to split them? Do you want to pick your first one? Or shall I pick my second one? I'll pick my first one. I'll pick my first one. Okay. So we can't do repeats or we can do. Well, I mean, you can... I oh so you're saying the like columns? I, I'm not gonna choose Chase, but like if we by chance choose a second or the same one the second round. Oh, I see what you're saying. Okay, it right, doesn't matter. So all right, well either way, I'm going with Devonte Smith. Okay, I like what he's been. I mean, two Al- an Alabama man, he's gonna pair well with Mac Jones. It's just what you want on the offense, and you know he might be 170 or like he might just be like 170 pounds soaking wet at his frame. But I think what he's been able to show, especially with Jalen Hurts on the Eagles squad, he's been doing good enough, and he's been able to really perform. I think with you, when you pair him with Mac Jones and you know a scheme that they're familiar with, I think they're able to do pretty well. And he's got fat, he's fast, he's shifty. He might not be as well as Jamar Chase right now because you know the size difference, as well as I don't think he has the same or as good of a skill set. I mean, they're basically the same skill set, but I think Jamar Chase is a little bit better. But I'm going to go with Devontae Smith because Alabama guys, that chemistry's there. They're able to play well. Yes. All right, so my final one. Um, I, I think I know who you're going to pick. Yeah, you do? Who am I picking? you going to go St. Brown? No, I can't go St. Brown, go Saint- actually. Oh, you can't. I can't. Otherwise, oh, you chose- I would, yes. So, yeah, because you chose a... Uh, based off of... You the, got enough money. Based off of the grid... I I'm assuming this is okay, Joe. You can scream at me if this is not if this is not allowed. But based off of the grid, it might seem a little like a little sus because you're supposed to move left to right. But I'm gonna take Rondell Moore for a dollar, based off. I of respect that. it. So I would want Rondell Moore. I like. I really love his. I just don't know what's been going on with him in Arizona. Like they haven't given him the football, and that's not his fault because like. I mean, Kyler has just been on a tear at the beginning of the season. Then you got AJ or uh, AJ Green's just resurgence into the NFL as yeah. a top receiver for a little bit. And then of course you got Christian Kirk, who's really taken that role. And then obviously D Hop until he was injured. So just hasn't had enough of the ball really to truly like make his value worth. But I really like what he has as far as his speed. I like his the idea of him using that jet sweep in the spread that yeah. I have really 
came to love watching some of these NFL teams perfect it, like San Francisco. Arizona's done it a little bit too, so I'm going to take Rondell Moore to pair with Jamar Chase, with Elijah Mitchell, and Justin Fields. That's my team. All right, rounding out my team of Mac Jones, Chubba Hubbard, and Devontae Smith. I think you know who I'm going to pick. Do it. I'm in Ross yeah, St. Brown. Yeah, good pick. Arguably the... He, no, not arguably. He is the steal of last year's draft. Yes. I mean, breaking records for the Lions franchise. First rookie with eight recep- averaging eight receptions a game. Incredible performance from him, and he's able to really... I think he's able to pair well with Devontae Smith and what Mac Jones can do. Two great receivers with a great quarterback, and then a, a running back who can do the job when it's given to him. I think my squad will be able to do some pretty, some pretty good deals especially I mean if we're talking I already got a pretty good offensive line if I got you know people already around but I think if you were to build a build a team around those four guys like as young players you could have a scary good team and I mean if I was a GM I'd say you got to give me a raise because what I chose is a pretty solid team I think they'll be able to gel pretty well together because Amon Ross St. Brown he's able to do well he's kind of look he isn't Megatron but he's Megatron-esque he's not there yet he has the possibilities too. I mean, he's not the same size and stuff like that, but you know, it's reminiscent for us Detroit Lions fans. Devontae Smith, still good. Chubba Hubbard, getting the ball. He can do something good. And then Mac Jones, the leader, the guy who you can turn to when to make a big play. Need a big throw? You got it. He needs to scramble, get five yards, you got it. Okay. You need a leader, you got it. All right. Not a bad not a bad team. I think it's probably the I think it's the second best team. That I yeah. I think somebody's picked recently. Yeah. Uh, just not, I think it's the best team. No bias. All right. Anyway, maybe you know what? Set it a social media right now. Go to our go to our social media and vote which team's better, and then we'll just see who comes out on top. Of it was, um, it was, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, moving over to the NBA. It is almost All Star Weekend. Hey-o. The fan vote return has taken the world by storm right now, and taking a look at the updated leaders in the. In NBA All-Star voting. Um, so, anyway, in the Western Conference, starting in the front court, we got LeBron James himself, oh, $4.3 Nikola Jokic, $3 million. Andrew Wiggins is in third right now with $1.8 Paul George at $1.7 Anthony Davis, $1.3 Draymond Green, $1.2 Carmelo Anthony, at uh, about eight hundred eighty-six thousand, Carl Anthony Towns eight hundred fifty thousand, Rudy Gobert four hundred nineteen, and DeAndre Ayton at three hundred forty-four thousand. Round out the top ten. When I see those, Joe, I know you have a couple comments on it. Which which guys should be knocked up as far as overall performance overall compared to the fan voting? I don't know, cause like here's the thing. I've been like paying a little bit of attention to NBA. I know I thought if you've been watching a while, NBA is not like my favorite sport to watch, but I pay attention to it. Like I follow places, so like I know like the current events and like if players are playing good and stuff. But like, I think it's also just has to deal with like who you play for, cause I think Rudy Gobert should have more points. I mean, he's already on the team for the for Western Conference, but I think he should have way more points for. Agreed. What he's, I mean, he's a great defensive player. DeAndre Ayton honestly surprises me. I mean, Phoenix is obviously number one in the West, so they're playing pretty solid. Are they number one in the West? As of now, uh, as of now, yes. Yeah, sick. All right, knowledge is still there, still trap mind I got. But DeAndre Ayton, <laughs> I think he should go up a little bit. I'm surprised I don't see Devin Booker here, to be honest. But I mean, well, we're I in think, the front court, yeah, front so court. Far. So I guess that's a. I, I guess I gotta wait till to see if he's gonna be on there. But you know, some of these guys, Rudy Gobert should have more votes. Carl Anthony Towns, I'm surprised has that many votes. Carmelo Anthony, I'm also surprised, has that many votes. 
Draymond yeah. Green, yeah, that's about right. Yeah, I think the Laker bias definitely come in. I'm glad they gave Paul George a little bit of credit because he's had to really kind of... Yeah. He's been. I think, he's all, been I think carrying, all the Clippers fans that voted for Paul George right now. Yeah, he's carrying the Clippers right now. They're just a shade under 500 and haven't really been talked about because they're doing everything without Kawhi compared to what the Lakers have done with Carmelo, Anthony Davis, LeBron, and others. Ouch. Doesn't look good. Uh, speaking of the backcourt, we'll go there to the guard section. Starting off with, of course... The greatest shooter ever, Steph Curry, at 4.4 million. John Moran in second, 1.6. Luka in third, 1.4. Clay Thompson in fourth. All know he's only played a handful of games. He is in fourth. He's Seven, back. 750K. Let's go. Your boy D Book, 648. Russell Westbrook in 6576. Chris Paul, 561,000. Donovan Mitchell, 441. Nine, Damian Lillard, 364. And Anthony Edwards, the supposed greatest athlete in any sport you could play, is in 10th, 224. <laughs> My first thought on this, I think you definitely can make the argument that Russell Westbrook should be put down, but his popularity is too good for that. And I, I would honestly say I'm glad they put D-Book over Westbrook because that is well-deserved. Devin Booker's yeah. played some of his best basketball, regardless of any mascots trying to distract him. He's still been playing <laughs> the best basketball we've seen. And look at Doncic has been a monster. And I can tell you personally, our friend Keith Richards that was on one of the previous shows a while back, you can check that out in a feed. I'm playing him in fantasy basketball this week in our Keeper League, and he has Luka. And he dropped a 60-burger on me, so Jeez. I'm going to have to make a huge comeback here. Well, luckily, I do have the Joker himself, but he only got me 50. i got to get 10 points back somehow, and it's not <laughs> looking too good. But I, I am surprised Clay Thompson is very high up this far yeah, just because he hasn't played thing. a lot. But he's Clay Thompson. Yeah, it's so Clay it Thompson. Sense. It's his first game back, in, or first year back in like two years. I kind of wish Damian Lillard had a little bit more love, got tossed up there some more, uh, being you know Portland guy. Or I'm not really a Portland fan, but him being the Portland guy and just being loyal to that team, him being good, I think he should have been put up a couple more. Uh, I'm glad Chris Paul's on there because he definitely deserves it. He was kind of one of the main. He's honestly one of the main reasons why Phoenix is so good right now. I think he's able to you know give Phoenix what they didn't have. I mean, because you had DeAndre Ayton, who's really good, uh, Devin Booker, who's really good, but I think he's just that missing piece that has really fit well in that puzzle. But other than that, I kind of like where everybody's at. John Morant is really deserving of where he's at. Steph Curry, obviously, like you said, greatest shooter of all time. I think he deserves all those votes. Though you can definitely tell, like, a lot more votes are spread out here because a lot of, like, the big-name players on the front court, and you can see just a lot more, like, lower, like, half a mil and, like, lower than that votes. Yeah, I would I would say that the Phoenix Suns guards in the backcourt should definitely have the recognition that they that they have on this list. I think they could be a little higher, but I mean, yeah, I would definitely say Chris Paul should flap Westbrook as of now, but I know that is kind of recency bias, so I could understand that. But um, anyway, moving over to the Eastern Court, we'll start on the front court with the bigs. KD leads the way at just above four million. Giannis not too far behind at three point eight. Joel Embiid two point three. Jason Tatum fourth one point one mil. Jim Jimmy Butler, 978000 Then there's a huge drop-off to six, which is Jared Allen, the Cavalier. 341000 Bam out of bio in seventh, 282. Pascal Siakam, 244. Miles Bridges, 230 at nine. And LaMarcus Aldridge at 216. I will say this, that when you look at this list, I think it's pretty well represented as far as the front court. But I will say that the fact that uh, that you would see such 
little votage for Tatum and Butler is slightly disrespectful, but yeah. I can I can understand because they're just not they're just not they're just not KD they're just not Giannis and it's hard to compete with those guys in the same category in the Eastern front yeah. court. Yeah, I think so because I mean, is that you can definitely tell in the Eastern Conference that the votes are much more of a disparity than everything else because like seven or nine million shared between the first three and then it's like about a million about like two million shared between like just over just over like 2.5 million i think shared between like the next like four so it's like there's there's just a lot more guys who are like kind of squeak in i think rather i think my math is way off obviously because i'm not <laughs> very good at it but we're it's, com majors we're yeah to com talk majors for a yeah but you you see a lot more like numbers that are starting with like threes and twos rather than like a lot more like the 700, 500, 600,000 guys. Yeah, for sure. Um, finally, Eastern guards. DeMar DeRozan leads Deserving. away. 2.9. Trey Young, 1.5. Zach Levine, 1.4 million. James Harden, 1.4 million, just underneath of Zach Levine. Five Lamella Ball at just under 700,000. Kyrie Irving, 561,000. Derek Rosen, 7, 373. Fed Van Vliet, 8, 350,000. Darius Garland, 9, 227,000. And Jalen Brown at 217,000. Will Kyrie be able to play? That is a great question because All Star Weekend is in. If I is it, it's is not it Charlotte, right? I don't know what it is, but I mean, I homie's not check. vaccinated, so. Uh, it's in Cleveland. Okay, I thought I wonder where I got Charlotte Ooh. from. Anyway, it's in Cleveland as of now, and that's that was in exactly one month from now, thirty days, if I do my math right. Like like we said, not math majors, but Demar Derozan. Being that high above everybody else is correct. I don't. I re, I really understand like the fact of like it's only been one year. Like why isn't Trey Young higher? Why isn't James Harden higher? No, it's this year. What do you mean? Why this should really last good, year? Dude. Why should last year have to matter in this year's voting? That's what I've heard some people say. Like, oh, this is just this one year. Why is he so high? It's like. The dude has year. been willing this team. It's and the best Sh- team. Chicago has been one of the greatest teams this season in the National Basketball Association. You can't argue that. I mean, mm-hmm. they're already at the top of the Eastern Conference right now. And, I mean, they've still been able to move out and in because they've had some COVID protocols. And they're still on top of the heat. They're still on top of the nets throughout all of that. So, the fact is, he should be that high because he's been one of the big reasons why. I don't care what Twitter says that he should be up there. But I can see the argument, though, that maybe you, James Harden could be a little bit higher. I could see that a little bit because he's been a big part piece of, to that puzzle. It's just, you know, KD's yeah, been I think KD's, KD's and he's taken away. He's taken away James Harden's votes, and that's that's a fact. But uh, I, am gonna, I am glad, though, that they are giving some of the younger guards the respect because they have been very well, especially on the defense side of the ball, like Darius Garland and that crew. So uh, I really do like that. But that's so far the all-star voting. Uh, I don't think – I mean, you look at – a month from now, will it change? Probably. Uh, I think yeah. you could definitely... It'll s- probably bounce off a little bit more for some of these... Like, I think Derrick Rose will probably get a little bit more. He might break the 400,000 threshold. Uh, Jalen Brown, I think, will go up a little bit more. I think he's deserving a couple more votes. LaMelo Ball, I think, is going to get more as well. I mean, he is a good amount for, I mean, a player of his status. I mean, being only his second year. But 694, you think he'd have a lot more because, I mean... Every highlight you see of him, he's throwing down like between the leg assists. He's throwing crazy passes. I think he'll get a couple more, especially with this month that's got to go still. 
Yeah, I think if I was to make a bold prediction in the voting, um, I will say that Toronto is going to pick it up a little bit. I know they got some winnable games coming up. They're playing Washington. They're playing Portland without Lillard now that he's had his surgery. Um, and then they got the Hornets, the Bulls, the Heat. Those will be tough games. Then they have the Hawks to round out the month. So I'm looking at those games. I think they can get some more out of that because Pascal Siakam has been a fantastic player for them. And I think he, him being down on the list is kind of a little disparring but because I think he, he needs a little bit more credit for yeah. what he's done with his trial because it's him and Van, it's him and Fred man and OG that's really all that they have I mean no disrespect to the other players but as far as like guys that are though as far as guys that are leading the franchise after it was just just thrown to shreds in the Lowry DeRozan era yeah now they're picking up the pace really well with that team so really really excited what I've seen from that team so uh, that's those that's one guy that I think could make up I would not be surprised if we see Carmelo flop down the list in the in the in the Western Conference front court, I would I would be very surprised if he stays in the eighth spot over Gobert. But I mean that is a pretty big gap he's gonna have mm-hmm. to make up. But at the end of the day, I mean we still got voting coming up. So I mean double van or it's double fan voting today. So if you want to vote on the All Star game, you can. Your vote counts twice just for today only, Thursday the twentieth. So you can do that online and the NBA.com website. But anyway, to round out the show, we promised and we delivered the mv3 mv3 baby is back today we have a debate of the top three we just say underrated sports to watch espn the ocho underrated type sports to watch. yes that's if, basically what it is yes so the rules are that it has to be a registered sport not necessarily like on the Ocho, but if it has been, I mean, obviously it always, or yeah. it obviously would count, but it must be worthy enough to be considered in an Ocho, as considered an Ocho worthy sport. Yeah. So basically, any anything applies basically at this point. So, but um, anyway, we'll be doing our top three uh, rock, paper, scissors. Who goes first? Rock, rock paper, paper, scissors, scissors shoot. Hey, okay. gotcha. Scissors beats paper, Scissors baby. Scissors beats paper. Okay, so that means I'm going first. Is that what you're saying? Or would you like to go uh, first? I'll go first. Okay. I'll go first. You pick. Oh, so, wait. Before we go, are we declaring that this is unpickable. make it, take it? Unpickable. Okay. If you pick it, you, if I pick something, you can't pick it. Okay. Okay. Here we go. <clears throat> All right. So my first one, I don't know if a lot of people have heard this one, but Bandy. Bandy is such a cool sport. You ever watch that one? I do not know so what Bandy is. So Bandy is basically hockey with a ball. And it's played on ice, and it's basically hockey, but they play on a sheet of ice the size of a soccer field, like a FIFA-sized soccer field, and it's 11 on 11, and the goals are like the size of uh, like field hockey goals or whatever, but it's hockey with a ball. And so it's basically hockey, which is like why I like it, but to see these people like sprint across the ice and just like how fluid, like since it's not so compact, it's so much more fluid. And stuff, and it's super cool because like their sticks are like big, like J shapes, kind of. Uh, and like it's super. If you ever look up at it, look up, uh, look up on YouTube, just look up Bandy. You can like watch highlights and like the how it's like played and like explained. It's super cool. I like it a lot, but I don't know. That's one that's like super. It's only played, I think, in like Russia and like England and stuff. I don't know if people play it in America, but interesting. It's still it's, sick. Seems pretty sweet though. I, yeah. I didn't know that was a sport, so hey, you just gave you just educated me. So, uh, okay, uh, my number three here. I am going to go with 
Cornhole. That'll be my selection. I'll take the ACL with my third selection. I think it's really cool. I mean, I personally play a little bit cornhole, um, a little bit more, (laughs) a little bit more than casually, not just pro, not just in the the backyard of a graduation party. But I've been in a part of a league or two, so um, definitely fun, worthwhile sport for me. But just seeing what the pros do, just mesmerizing. I mean, the fact is that you could have a wall in front of the hole and they'll throw it up and over and make two out of four times if they're elite level, and that's just that's just crazy to me but crazy the level of intensity in that game and the amount of popularity it's getting is certainly something that is just astronomically crazy cool with cornhole and just mm-hmm. the fact that it's on espn now like broadcasting championships i mean definitely shows that but super fun sport and it really shows how you can elevate your game not just a backyard sport but how people can be really really good at it i know that's the one thing is like i remember like back in like five six years ago when like it was first like on ESPN. It was like on ESPN two or something like that. It was on at like midnight, but they were showing the like the championships in Vegas. And like I remember my mom saying, "I was like, what is like they're what's brought like what's cornhole doing on TV? Like cornhole is just like a backyard like fun game. But like now that people are getting really good at it and people are starting to enjoy, it, like I love watching it on on TV and stuff like that. To be able, to, I would I think I would have picked that as like my third or something like that. But I like cornhole. I played in your league a couple times. Yes, Joe really, has been a time. part of the league before. Hey-o. Played some yeah. doubles action. Played quick little doubles. Hate some dubs. You know? Oh, yeah. It's a W. Let's just, casu- just casual. Okay. All right. My second one, I don't think it's been on the Ocho, but it's still a sick one to watch. You ever seen Hurling before? Oh, yes. Hurling right. is ar- arguably wow. one of the coolest games I've ever seen. So, once again, played on a um, it's played on a, like a soccer-sized field or whatever, but it's a mix of baseball, field hockey, and soccer. At the same time. So, like, the rules are you have a bat that looks kind of like a spoon, but it's flat. Like, it's a big old bat. And, like, you run around, and it's got a ball like it's kind of like a baseball. And you got to run around, like, tapping it on your stick for, like, to uh, um, dribble it. And, like, if you hit it through a field goal post, it's, like, a point. And if you get it in the goal, it's, like, two points or something. I haven't watched it, like, a lot, but the ones I have watched, mesmerized by it. It's a sick sport. Yeah. Once again, go on YouTube, look up Hurling Explained, and you'll be able to see it, and you get a great explanation of it. I haven't seen the video in a while, so that's why I'm super rusty about it, but there's 15 players aside, and it's kind of like soccer in that way. It's like on a soccer field, but imagine field hockey with ba- with bats, with a baseball as a ball, but you also have field goals, and you also have a soccer net. Well, that's a lot to take in that's, right it's, there. It's a lot to take in. It's a mouthful to say, but... It's a great one. Okay. Hey, that's I have, Irish sport. Irish. I have seen hurling as as a sport before, and it is very, very unique. I would encourage everybody to check it out. I'm noticing a trend. You're picking some of the sports that probably the general public wouldn't know of, whereas I am, which is totally fine. <laughs> but um, going into my second selection, um, this was a sport that I got into a little bit. Thanks to a Christmas present last year, all my buddies that listen to the podcast know exactly what I'm going to pick. We've played it so many times in my basement for Super Bowl parties or whatever. Darts is my number two selection. Ooh, I like darts. When you watch professional darts, especially in like the Insane, Unibet dude. Premier League, dude, oh my gosh, it's so exciting. Like it is so hype. I mean, if you get a 180, which is the highest sport you or highest number you can get in a round of throwing three darts, I mean, the crowd just goes bonkers. It just turns into a mosh pit Triple almost. Twenties, dude. Oh my it's goodness, ridiculous. it is so much fun. And just the fact of like. And I noticed, like, the one things about the sports that I picked, not, I'm not going to tell you what the last one is, but you might be able to guess, Joe, just knowing me, but 
like the sports that I've been like fortunate enough to learn how to play pretty well and just watching the pros just like wow they can do that but not only can they do that they can do that consistently just blows my mind and just the fact that like you if you know like a dartboard like yeah you can hit the the big numbers probably pretty easily but hitting doubles and troubles literally first tries is just super difficult and I really respect that about the pros is they're able to do that and they're able to do that at the highest level on the highest stage in front of thousands and dude thousands it's of sick people. watching uh like the the ones who are like playing a crowd because like when they throw it they're just like stone faced and like they get it and like they have the side and then as soon as that third uh triple 20 hits like the crowd's going wild and it's like oh my gosh yeah. yes because oh, like it's so and what how many darts is a perfect one 12 uh nine nine darts because you gotta go triple 20 triple 20 and then you'd have a you oh, you trouble three, 20, three triple 20s, three triple 19, 20s. double 12 out of yeah. a 144. That's so, ridiculous, dude. Yeah. 501 points in and nine you go darts. Down. Nine darts. And you go down. Well, yeah. Insane. Woo. It's, know it's, it's spectacular when you are, get to see it. Those give you some goosebumps right there. Yeah. The, you want the triple goose, 20s. You want goosebump sports, Google darts when it's at its highest level, 180s and nine darts. Three triple 20s. Woo. Those are. It gets those fun. will get you going. Those will get some goosebumps. I'm just going to get you sweating a little Absolutely. bit. Absolutely. My last pick. I think everybody's played this if they go into a trampoline park. You know what I'm choosing. Oh, but to watch man. the competitive scene and to watch the pros do it is ridiculous. Trampoline dodgeball good, good is pick. probably one of the – it's a dream come true, really, to is see it? at the at the highest it's level. Amazing. Because when you play at the trampoline parks, you're trying to go for these crazy dodges off the walls, like flipping over the balls that are getting thrown at you and stuff, doing cool throws. Seeing the pros do it is ridiculous because you can see some guys who are jumping like 15 feet in the air and then like throwing a ball down. And you got some guys who are like doing flips off the wall, dodging balls and stuff like that. And then just to see like how these guys are dodging and stuff, insane. If you ever watch the Sky Zone uh, National Dodgeball Championships where like there's teams from all over the world coming across, crazy thing to see. I love it. Announcers get hype. Players get hyped. There's funny names too. Sometimes they have some like really funny, maybe not super PG names at all, but regardless, it's super fun to watch. My favorite team is Doom. If you ever oh, see, if I you, have if heard of familiar Doom. With it, yes. Doom is like the Patriots. You can call me a bandwagon if you want, <laughs> but <laughs> but is, those though. guys are the best, dude. Oh my gosh, that's hilarious. Um, yeah, that's a that's a good one. I know I've been able to play it before, and I mean it gets fun. It gets really fun. The only thing that stinks about it is you're like. Oh yeah, I can't actually like just keep jumping around, or I'm just gonna get pelted. Like you actually have to yeah, like once you're up in the air, you play. gotta catch it. But yes. like when you're able to dodge like one that's thrown at your feet, and then like you kind of like contort your body a little bit yeah. to dodge it in the air, you feel like you're in the Matrix. Yeah, just do a flip. You know do a exactly what I mean. Uh yes. Anyway, number one. Uh, there's a couple that I really want to put on this list, but like I mentioned, the mo for me is like I've played these sports before, and yeah. some of these ones, like an honorable mention, I would throw out. Death diving is mesmerizing. Oh my gosh, but I want to try it so bad, but I'm so scared. Yeah, dude. I've been scared as well. That'll be an honorable mention for me, just because it looks scary. That's the only that's the only fact behind it, but it's super fun to watch. Also, the World Chase Tag League. Dude. is absolutely crazy and that is super fun to watch um those who did not crack my top five though number one and this is strictly because of the sport growing to an astronomical level at the moment 
I gotta go disc golf. The homie that got me through quarantine. The is, homie that got me. It was just a, a fantastic, fantastic time being able to get through quarantine with a sport like disc golf. And now the fact that it's at such a high level is it, really just cool to see. And I know some people are like, well, disc golf's kind of like golf, though, because it's kind of boring. But the thing about, like, I appreciate about disc golf is just everybody plays differently you know like it's like golf i mean some guys lay up sometimes you're bryson go 450 over a whole thing of water just only go to a 450 par only bombs yeah only exactly bombs. but some people lay up 150 with an iron where now you have disc golf where you have different flights on discs and i'll tell you one thing aces are much more common in disc golf than regular golf so that is true. you can check that out you can see those as well online i'm what's uh, what's the home course you usually got you reed city got one uh reed city's building one at the moment but uh a storm knocked down like half the trees that we were going to use so now they're trying to clean that up so it's going to be a mm. hot minute before that happens but north end the ferris state official championship course is one that i really enjoy i know they're making another one Dude, our uh, our and, our club team our ferris state team four times four times four time national time. Hey, if, if you're a big disc golfer come on over to ferris state and you can win some national championships get that hardware you know what I'm you saying? can you can nobody on my our nobody on that team Derek, good friend of mine that um, we've we've been able to play all over the last couple of years. Shout out to Derek, but having like guys like that that you can play with that know the sport well. Because I mean, you can just tell somebody, yeah, we're gonna go play disc golf. They'll grab a disc and they'll just throw it, and you're like, all right, cool. But people that know, like, yeah, uh, understable, overstable, hyzer in, hyzer forehand, uh, backhand, they know everything about the plastics and stuff. Just makes the the sport that much cooler. So. Disc golf is my number one. It has a personal touch. It's probably not the best to watch, but it has an emotional attachment. So it's my list. You can make your own list, but mm -hmm. those are our top three. Let us know which list was best on our social media. You can follow that at the MVSP as we round out today's episode here on January 20th. We appreciate all your views. Don't forget to subscribe on YouTube. Best bits coming out as well, full shows, if that's your thing, if you like the YouTube scene. We've provided that for you, but I know Joe's a big Spotify fan, so I'm a big you, Spotify can, you can guy. definitely follow on Spotify green and, and black Apple. Always. Absolutely. Well, well, green and black. I thought I thought you're Spotify's green and black. You're a Michigan fan. Why would you Michigan say that? Michigan State's green and white. Well, green and black is Spotify. Well, I don't know. It's pretty cool. I mean, it's technically also Wanna green and neon ends? green if we're talking that way. But want to break from the ends? That's what Spotify says. <laughs> okay. Uh, anyway, guys, don't forget to follow. And until next time, take care, everybody. <laughs>